Hey guys, I'm honored to be able to speak to you again on uh, For Men Only. I've had uh, Shama, one of King David's three mightiest warriors on my mind for a little while. And uh, I, I believe there's a couple uh, important things in this very brief story that's only a couple verses long. And I wanna call this vlog, Stand and Fight. I love the stories of David and his mighty men. Uh, I read a book a little while ago called Day of War in the Line of War series. And uh, I love how Cliff Graham, the author, depicts the mighty men uh, who had some amazing battles and victories because what I love about it is how he depicts the Spirit of God coming upon these mighty men and that because the Spirit of God came upon them, they had these incredible victories. So, as I said, I want to look at Shammah, and the story of Shammah uh, and the battle that he fought is found in 2 Samuel chapter 23. It's only two verses long. It starts in verse 11 and ends in verse 12. So I'll just read it real quick. It says, And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. And more importantly, when it says the people fled, it was really talking about the, the Israelite army that fled. Verse 12 says, But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. So there's a couple neat things in this story. Um, and the first one is actually, uh, I like the way the HCSB Bible says it. Whenever I'm studying or, or thinking about a passage, I try to look it up in a few different uh, translations and versions. And the HCSB said it like this. It said the, the Philistines had assembled in formation. And to me, uh, that puts a little bit more of a light on it because what it means is, uh, the Philistines were coming to fight. They were coming for a battle, and uh, they weren't coming, you know, in the middle of the night to just steal something from the Israelites. They weren't coming when maybe the Israelites were, you know, off at war and, you know, the women and children were left behind. But it just says they came to the, to the plot of lentils in formation. So they're there, they're coming to fight. So that's the first thing I find interesting. And then the second one is the response of the Israelites. And in this story, it appears to be a poor response. In fact, we read in this brief account, or as we read it, most of us would probably look down on the soldiers that fled and think to ourselves, you know, of course, we wouldn't have done that, but we would have been, you know, like, Shama, we would have stuck around and we would have fought and, you know, been valiant and, and the whole bit, um, you know, but, uh, you know, in this story, the Israelites ran away. They took off running for their lives. All, of course, uh, except Shama. So, but we look at this and we say, you know what, all those guys, they should have stayed with him. You know, if, if one valiant soldier is staying, you know, they should have stayed, should have stuck it out with, with Shammah, and they could have been a part of that great victory 
But, um, you know, and the other thing is too, we would probably think, you know what, they're, they're God's army. You know, these are the, these are the guys that God is with, you know, why would they tuck tail and run? Why would they, why would they run for their lives? Well, one thing that we have to remember is that it was lentils. Uh, and if you don't know what lentils are, they're, they're a kind of a, uh, a bean and, uh, they're, they're not great. Um, I have a, a friend who's uh, a bodybuilder and uh, he's been a bodybuilder for, you know, for decades, for as long as I've known him. And I was always amazed that he could eat lentils. And, you know, I even watched him prepare lentils uh, and it was, the process was pretty simple for him. He would take lentils, put them in water in a pot, boil them for two to three hours drain any leftover water, put them in the fridge. And then whenever he wanted, he would pull out that pot of lentils and eat lentils. Just like that. No seasoning, no sauce. He wasn't putting the lentils in soup. And they were terrible, tasteless, um, just, just nasty. So in a way, when I look at this story, um, you know, I kind of I get it. Who wanted to give their lives for beans that didn't even taste good? I mean, after all, a man has to choose his battles, right? And, you know, you have to ask yourself, is this really the hill that you want to die on? Why not pick a more worthy battle? For example, you know, if the Philistines were coming in formation to attack a city, uh, that would make more sense. You know, okay, guys, this is it. Let's fight. Um, maybe if it was a smaller troop coming in formation that they were going to attack your house and your family, it's like, yeah, I get it. Let's, you know, we can't run. We gotta, we gotta fight. So, you know, there's something, some things that are, are worth fighting for, but lentils. So I can imagine that this is kind of something similar to maybe what the Israelites were thinking as they turned and took off. Uh, and that to me would make sense. You know, nobody on their on their uh, tombstone wants someone to write, you know, fought valiantly, but in the end died in a lentil patch. Or, you know, was a great warrior, but lost his head over a hill of beans. Uh, you don't want that on your, on your tombstone. But the problem is that this is a lot of times how our enemy works. Our enemy constantly comes at us in full formation, ready to fight, ready to battle. There are constantly battles all around us. We might not see them, uh, but they're there, right? And our enemy is one that will indeed pick battles that don't necessarily look like important battles to us, okay? In the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about our enemy, and he says that our, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's against powers and principalities and spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. And what Paul was trying to say is, hey, guys, even though, you know, you look around and you see the Romans who uh, have been oppressing us for a long time, um, physically, they, they might, you might think that they're the enemy, but, but in reality, our real enemy is an unseen enemy. And, you know, even, even when you compare the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, 
The Old Testament, a lot of times, uh, is looked at as a physical representation of the kingdom of God that, that maybe has some spiritual uh, ties or examples for us today. And on the other side, the New Testament is more about the spiritual kingdom of God uh, than it is the physical one. So sometimes we have to stop and look and, and say, okay, you know, what's going on here? And is there a spiritual correlation for us today? And I believe that there is. Okay, so even when we look at something as simple as lentils, which is a physical thing in the Old Testament, uh, something that's, you know, really tasteless, uh, not great. Um, but it, as you begin to think about it, it is something that the Israelites probably relied on in their diet, and probably a pretty important one. Lentils are a, a real important source of protein. Uh, everything in your body that happens, happens as a result of protein being used. So whether it's a function or whether your body is healing itself or repairing you know, muscle tissue or, or different things, uh, basically everything that happens in the body happens because of protein. So when we kind of look at it like that, you know, that this protein um, that, you know, Shammah was defending was actually uh, fairly important for, for their provision, for their food provision, okay? If the Philistines were successful in wiping out, you know, wiping them out and, and taking, you know, all their lentils away from them, it may have actually affected uh, them by putting the Israelites in a bad position. Their food supply may have been cut short something that was meant to sustain them and keep them healthy um, may have actually uh, come to do real harm to them as a people. So today I believe that we're in a time where our spiritual food and our spiritual supply of food is under attack. Because when we can come on a Sunday, everything is prepared. It's, it's there, it's ready. And, you know, as believers, we can come and we can just partake of, of so much richness and uh, so much spiritual nourishment, if you will, uh, from, from what is here in the presence of God and the corporate anointing, the corporate setting. So, so this is something that's really, you know, under attack these days. And as much as I appreciate online church, it's still not the same. And, and I love the fact that we have online church for such a situation as this, okay? So don't get me wrong, but it's still not quite the same. When you come into this place and, and you can feel the presence of God, you can feel the power of God, uh, it's just something that's not necessarily ready at our own houses, okay? In our own homes. And I really believe this is having a major effect uh, on the church around the world. So our spiritual food supply is under attack. Our spiritual nourishment, um, our spiritual food that keeps us spiritually fed and spiritually healthy and spiritually strong. And, you know, you really can't uh, negate this or, or make little of it, especially when we've had so many testimonies about people you know, coming in and, and being healed, just being in a church service, or maybe, you know, having, you know, certain, you know, chains fall off of their lives. Some people have said when they come in, 
you know, they're all of a sudden they, they have peace in their mind and, and voices stop chattering, if even just for a while. So there's, there's a lot that happens in the corporate setting um, when we can gather together as a whole church. And so that's why, you know, I'm drawing this um, comparison to, to what was under attack when, when Shama decided that he was going to stand his ground. So I guess my encouragement for, for us as men is to, is to stand and begin to fight for our spiritual food supply, okay? This indeed is a battle worth fighting for. It's a battle that we have to make sure that if we can't be here, that, you know what, that the presence and power of God is in our homes, okay? We need to uh, begin to fight for the Word of God in our homes. You know, we've got all kinds of other words happening uh, at any given hour of the day, you know, whether it's our own words, whether it's words from TV or movies or uh, social media. You know what? There are words around us all the time, but how many of us are taking time to, to fight for God's word in our homes? And one thing that we need to make sure we, do, we, we don't do is we have to make sure we don't wait for what in our minds is a worthy battle. And this has happened. I've seen this. I've been around for quite a while. Uh, I've seen this uh, many times in in Christianity, where uh, you know parents maybe leave the fighting for spiritual things up to the pastors, up to leadership, to the church, to the corporate body, uh, and they don't you know they don't take a stand in their own homes, and all of a sudden they are faced with a battle that's that's really important because uh, maybe maybe their kids grow up. And they decide that, you know what, uh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Or, or maybe they've seen hypocrisy because we, we didn't fight to get the hypocrisy out of our lives. And now we've got a real battle in our hands. And, and now we want to pray. Now we want to fast for our kids. Sometimes it happens uh, in people's marriages. We're the same thing. You know, we weren't willing to fight for what seemed insignificant, you know, when our pastors have, have told us time and time again, hey, you know, we need to fight for the presence of God. We need to fight for the word of God. We need to fight for our relationship with God. But all of a sudden, you know, we've, we've left it up to, to the, the men and women in the pulpit. And all of a sudden now we find ourselves in a battle trying to keep our, our marriages together. Um, you know, I don't know necessarily what would have happened if Shama did not stand and fight for that field of lentils. You know, um, perhaps the story would have continued on. Maybe the Philistines would have come in formation for maybe a crop of corn next time. Or maybe it would have been for their livestock. Or maybe they would have fought against their uh, against the Israelites for their horses and their chariots or their weapons. Or maybe, you know, eventually it would have been come, you know, come against them for their, their wives and children. You know, uh, obviously, if we're going to weigh those things out, we would say, well, wives and children are a lot more important than fighting, fighting for lentils. But uh, our enemy is going to come at us in the small things. He's never going to just attack the big things, but it's going to be a progression. 
So we need to make sure that we don't wait for the bigger fight. Amen? Our fight, the most important fight that I feel right now is fighting for the presence of God, the power of God, the Word of God in our relationships with God. Those are the things that maybe they seem a little bit insignificant in the long run. These are the things that are going to help us to stave off the bigger battles and the bigger fights. So I want to encourage you gentlemen um, to fight. Amen. I'm going to close with a, a verse in Matthew 16, 25. This is Jesus, and he says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And what I want to say about that is, you know what? We might have to give up something today to fight for the presence of God or the word of God or our relationship with God. Maybe we have to give up a little bit of me time, you know, that we hold so dear to our lives. Or or maybe it's just time itself. You know, we have to give up some of our, you know, of time in, in our busyness. Um, you know, I... I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's that me time that we hold to so dearly. Or maybe, maybe we are tired and we have to fight off tiredness so that, you know, uh, whereas normally we would, we would just give into our tiredness and, and just, you know, relax. But instead we need to throw that off and, and to begin to fight for these things and say, you know what, these are important. I want to encourage you to do that because if we can throw off our comfort or our me time and these different things that we might look at as, well, that's my life. You know, if we can lose some of that today, guess what? Jesus was saying, we're going to find real life, the life of God. And in the long run, I don't know about you, but I think the life of God is uh, worth a lot more than the, the, the small sacrifice of our comfort and our time today especially if we can stave off some of the big battles that were that are going to come our way down the road. So I just want to close with a quick prayer of encouragement. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share uh, once again, Lord, to, to men and, and maybe even women who are watching this. And Lord, I just thank you for the courage of Shama, Lord, to be upon us, Lord, that we would look at what might seem insignificant. But Lord, just like Shama, who saw the bigger picture and said, you know what, today it's lentils, but tomorrow it's going to be our wives and our children. Lord, I thank you that we would have that same mindset, that same spirit of God that was upon Shama when Shama fought that battle against the Philistines and won. Lord, I thank you that the spirit of God is still active and is still wanting to empower men and women for the battle at hand. And Lord, I just thank you right now, Lord, that we will be richly blessed with the presence of God, the word of God, and our relationships with God, that they would flourish, even as our relationships in our homes flourish with our between husbands and wives and parents and children and, and those around us, Lord. I just thank you, Father, for that fight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you.